Blog Talk Radio. and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. And I think that uh, what should happen, Mike, is you should publicly uh, burn your Ray Rice jersey. I know you're really fond of the Ray Rice jersey. You won it, and you, uh, you, know, you had big things happen in Kentucky, and you won that uh, championship there, got to go to Vegas and draft with the big leaguers. Uh, but now the time has come. Ray Rice, a lot of news going on, Ray Rice. What is your whole take on this story? And uh, is, there, is there a story here? Because some people think that it, the media is just blowing this up out of proportion. No comment. No. <laughs> You're pretty fond of that Ray Rice jersey, aren't you? Man, he, he's dragging his fiance out. Now, is she unconscious <laughs> for the contact that he made, or is she unconscious because she had a little too much to drink? Uh, no comment. Okay, we're not we're not gonna be able to pull something out of Mikey today on Ray Rice. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent and Mikey. Uh, big show tonight. We got uh, the executive, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, joining us tonight. And uh, he is from Sirius XM Radio. Everybody knows the executive. It will be fun to get his take on the happenings that are going around the fantasy world. Lots to talk about with all the news. We've got the scouting combine here in Indianapolis, Mikey. And uh, right. let's start there with the combine. You have your thoughts on the combine. Share those with the world. And we also, before we get to the America's newest, funnest game show, The Secret Word, uh, go ahead. T- <laughs> tell us about the, the, the combine and your thoughts on it. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, you know, it's, it's great. It, you know, it's in your backyard. Uh, that would be a fun place to be at. 
uh, about four or five years ago, I really got into the combine. I, I was able to uh, watch a lot of it and uh, get into it. Uh, but now these uh, last couple of years, you know, I don't put too much stock into the combine as far as uh, how big uh, how big of a hand this guy has. And, you know, I know a lot of these scouts, you know, that, like Teddy Bridgewater, for instance, they're, they're concerned about his uh, hand size. Well, it, it may be for uh, gripping the uh, football and uh, runouts and things like that or uh, getting out of the pocket and stuff like that. Uh, a 40 on who runs a 40. But, uh, you know, if a guy has a bad day, he has a bad day. Let's put it this way. Uh, you know, I'm a pretty good golfer. And if, I, if I'm in a combine and if I hit a drive 290 down the middle, I look pretty good. If I was to, on that one shot, if I was to just spray it out to the right and miss it, I was pretty bad. So the combine for me has changed so much. It's more of a communicative, interpersonal type of uh, um, relationship. The teams want to know how the players talk, how they deliver themselves, and how they're going to be able to help their teams in an interpersonal relationship. Yeah, does size matter? The top three quarterback prospects by the numbers. Blake Bortles measures in uh, nine and three-eighths inches. Johnny Manziel comes in at nine and seven-eighths inches. And Teddy Bridgewater, uh, nine and a quarter inches. And interesting to hear that Teddy Bridgewater comes in at 214 pounds. Uh, he tipped the scales at 214. He's, you know, the, he, That's kind of the knock on Teddy, Mike, is that they don't think he has the – the build for you know that that size of an NFL quarterback needed to put on some weight. And the first reports, I can't even believe I'm repeating this here. First reports are that the weight wasn't a good weight; uh, it was just uh, some added pounds. And so we're going to see if that uh, translates into uh, well into I, success for Teddy Bridgewater. I believe that uh, Cam Newton came in that way uh, a few years ago. I think he's doing yeah. fine. Yep. Uh, guys, we are we, we do everybody in the chat room. Thanks for being here. The crew, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football are here. And it's the off-season. It's February. We, we didn't even take an, a break. Usually, Mike, we shut the show down a little bit, you know. Uh, but this yep. year it's just been kind of rolling, and uh, it's kind of back to the old, the old golden years here. But it is the 9 o'clock show, the primetime show, so we will get a lot of people to come back and listen to the download. The 11 o'clock hour, it was a very happening hopping hour. Just got a little bit late there for us, man. We get we get a little up there, you know. We <laughs> got late ready for to, me because I was too drunk. Yeah, yeah, man. The buzzer meter is going, and that's what we're <laughs> going to do tonight. We've got America's funnest, newest game show. It's called The Secret Word. It's sweeping America as we speak. Everybody have your drink in hand. you got your drink right beside you. If you need to go to the other room and grab one, go ahead and grab one because we've got a little bit of time. Mike, the way this show is going to work is, you're going to sit your phone down, the crappy piece of phone that, uh, that somebody, one of our listeners, sent to you in the mail. <laughs> You're going to sit that phone down for a couple of seconds, okay. and then I'm going to tell America okay. the secret word uh, that has been voted on. Uh, we took emails all this week for the secret word, and we've got the votes have been tallied, and we're going to announce the secret word. And every time you say the secret word in tonight's episode, everybody at home takes a drink. So everybody at okay. home ready? 
Everybody in the chat room ready? Mike, go ahead and set your phone down. We're going to play the secret word for the rest of the show. Go ahead and set your phone down, Mike. How long, how long shall I set it down for? Five seconds? Count. Uh, just say the word Mississippi five times. Okay. So, guys, the secret word of the evening is well. Well. Okay, Mike, you can come back. There were several good choices here that I had to choose from uh, listening to the shows. Upside was one. We could have picked that one. There there he is. There he is. So, Mike, uh, okay, America has heard the secret word, so you don't have to do anything different. Everything is the same for you, my man. You are actually – you're playing as well. America's playing at home with you. And as soon as you say the secret word, not me, but as soon as you say the secret word, America will take a drink. Uh, to get their buzzometer up there with yours. <laughs> this is great. Okay, well, uh, let's well let's see what's happening. All right, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number, and we have uh, we have Corey Parsons that is coming on a little bit later. Let's get right into the news of the week, Mike. Lots of news going on right now. And it's it's kind of hard to digest everything. What's, what's news and what's not, but we start off with the Ray Rice news, and, and let's just talk about it from a fantasy perspective, Mike. Ray yeah. Rice was not effective last year. Bernard Pierce was not effective last year. Probably may, leads us to believe that the offensive line uh, was more to blame than the running backs. Let's face it, Ray Rice and Bernard Pierce, very talented running backs the year before. There's no reason to think that they just forgot uh, how to run the ball. So the offensive line was to blame there. If they can make some improvements, in the draft this year, get some help, get healthy again. Uh, Dennis Pitta back on the line to help Joe Flacco, bring in a wide receiver to stretch the field a little bit. What do you think is the upside potential for the starting running back of the Baltimore Ravens? If if Ray Rice, if he's cleared out of everything, which I don't know, there's a lot of things going on there, Scott, but – you know, I still think that uh, Ray Rice has a lot of, uh, of abilities. I mean, the the kid, I mean, he's still a kid. He still runs hard. Uh, but like you said, he's got, uh, you know, he's got uh, obstacles in front of him. Uh, and that's that line. That line is just causing all kinds of problems because, you know, like you said, everybody thought that uh, Bernard Pierce was going to be the saving grace if something happened to Ray Rice. Well, Bernard Pierce didn't do much at all. Uh, I think it's just the fact that they need to upgrade their line. Ray Rice knows that. As a matter of fact, he tweeted that uh, midseason last year, which he probably shouldn't have done. But, uh, you know, it's just offensive line, some help. Every great running back has help, and that's what he needs. Yeah, there, we're, we're, there are definitely offensive line at the I mean, I know what the fans at FF Toolbox had been selecting. If you look at the Baltimore Ravens draft in the chat room, I'll go ahead and put that in, in here into the chat room so everybody can take, check it out. They have Baltimore Ravens. 20% of the, the people, uh, the FF Toolbox fans, are selecting Marquise Lee, uh, the wide receiver of USC. Mm. Very good wide receiver. It would be nice to mm-hmm. see him and, and uh, Torrey Smith uh, taking care of business there. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, well, uh, well. I mean, I mean that makes sense. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of things that's going to happen for Baltimore. They they have to make a lot of things happen. Uh, 
the one thing about it, though, is, uh, you know, you, you have to have offensive protection and, uh, you know, a strong defense. I, you know, I think that's what I'm seeing in every single uh, NFL team that has been successful is offensive protection for the, for the quarterback and defense. Defense, defense, defense. Yeah, they the the Ravens are definitely eyeing that offensive line uh, at the combine. There's plenty of good choices there that they can select. They have the 16th pick in the first round. Uh, they have the 16th pick in the second round, 15th in the third round, and then things kind of dry up and they're they're sitting down waiting. Uh, I'm not so sure. I think they. I would like to see them address wide receiver, uh, but I think we we both see that offensive line is a need. So when you talk about the 16th pick. Some of those uh, offensive linemen are already off the board, but I see one, Zach Martin, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, We've got uh, a couple of other names right there with him, but he's a first-round selection, 52 career starts. Martin should be uh, remembered as one of Notre Dame's better offensive linemen in in, in Notre Dame history. And I I think he's got got a good chance of, of being taken by the Ravens there. That's my guess. Uh, the Ravens will select him, and and look, they can always get a wide let receiver me, later. Well, this this draft is loaded with stud wide receivers. Let me ask you a question about uh, Jonathan Martin. Where is this guy going to go? Can, does he have a future in the NFL? Uh, the reason I ask that is because Jonathan Martin, a Stanford grad, played at Stanford. Uh, there's only a couple of teams that maybe he can land with that might embrace him and say, hey, man, you're you're our guy. And that would be uh, San Francisco, that would be Indianapolis, or that would be Baltimore. What do you think about that, Scott? Now, why did you bring up Jonathan Martin, just so I'm, just so I'm clear? Uh, the only reason I brought him up is because that I, I heard a couple of days ago that he might be looking for a job and just mm-hmm. – uh, you know, he's he's a pretty he was a solid uh, tackle there at Miami, and uh, you know the the deal with him and Incognito, it went bad, and uh, the whole deal with Miami went bad, obviously because they they've lost a, a couple coordinators, uh, and Joe Philbin he I don't know how he saved his job, but he did. But uh, I, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, you talk about tackles, Jonathan Martin, why not? Well, yeah, it's a it's a good question. You know, look, uh, I, I would not be surprised. You 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 brought it up. He played at Stanford. I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, his former right. coach Jim Harbaugh uh, right. with the Niners gives him a shot. They've got a great offensive line there, but it's, you you can who who can't use a guy like Jonathan Martin, second round pick from last year. So we'll see if uh, if if he can't get a get a chance uh, in the NFL. He has to, he he will just, uh, get know, I, get his shot. Well, Scott, I, I, you know, I just brought it up because, you know, I, I'm thinking that, you know, I don't think this kid's uh, days are done. I mean, I think he, I think he'd be a pretty, pretty good uh, uh, player in the NFL. Uh, it just seems like that the whole situation with Incognito and him, uh, it just, it, you know, it, it, it blowed up, blowed up, <laughs> so, so to speak, and then it went away, and then it blew up again. But uh, I still believe that the guy can be a great player but who's going to embrace him that that's the question i'm asking who's going to embrace him 
it's going to have to be somebody that has uh, ties with Stanford. Sam Bradford expected to be ready to throw at the OTAs, Mike. Is this a good thing or bad thing for St. Louis Ram fans? Ooh. You know, he, he has not been able to put it together. He's not been able to really stay healthy. The season that he did stay healthy, it, didn't, it wasn't good. They brought him in some weapons. They give him, give him a guy like Tavon Austin. Uh, the backfield is developing now with Zach Stacy. We will talk about Stacy here in a little bit. But Bradford's supposed to be uh, resumed throwing in the OTAs late May, early June. He tore his ACL back in October. Been set back three right. since then. What do you what do you think, Bradford? Good or bad thing for the St. Louis Rams? Bad thing. Uh, St. Louis. They've already said they're not going to uh, re- uh, renegotiate the co- any kind of contract whatsoever. Uh, he's done after this year. Uh, I mean, he has to have an explosive year this year uh, for another team to pick him up. This is Sam Bradford's last year. I hate to say this, but this is his last year. Because, like I said, St. Louis, they've already said, we're done with you, bub. So get her done this year. And even if it does get it done, I don't expect anything. So, yeah, it's a thumbs down for Sam Bradford. Arian Foster of the Houston Texans is doing well in rehab from the back surgery that he took that underwent. He's in the building, in the training room. Uh, Texans GM Rick Smith updated the status the other day and said he is uh, he's getting his head in the game and he's going to be fine. It's the first update we've had on Foster since he went under the knife back in November. Back surgeries are always troublesome, Mike, especially for a running back of his you know carries and workload. Foster only turns 28, but what do you think about his emergence back to a first-round caliber uh, draft pick, and how far will he go in the in the uh, restart drafts, uh, redrafts this year? You know, it's funny, Scott. He, he's kind of he kind of fell from grace uh, as the whole team did. Uh, but you know, if we're uh, let's go back in the way back machine, uh, 2013. Right now, uh, we're talking Houston Texans as a possible Super Bowl team. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, what, what changed between right now, uh, February 21st of 2013, and right now? Well, they started losing much games. They lost confidence in themselves. They lost confidence in the quarterback, their defense. Yeah, they had it. I mean, let's face it, this team started 2-0. and <laughs> And then just rattled off a bunch of losses. Just a lot of confidence was lost. And I think that started from the uh, uh, from the coaches. Uh, you know, I like Kerry Kubiak, but uh, or Gary Kubiak, but uh, a lot of confidence was lost. So, do I have any? Uh, have I lost favor for uh, uh, Arian Foster? I like Arian Foster. I'm, I'm still going to hang on with Arian Foster. Uh, but you know, just last year's experience makes you just want to, you know. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it makes you want to just hands down, so to speak. Yeah, no, I I, I get you. It, it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and it, and, it, and it gives you one of those Darren McFadden feelings. But I just posted yeah. a link to the hardcore draft. Some of the best drafters on the planet took place in the, the hardcore draft at the FFWC format. Arian Foster went as the 12th running back off the board at 3-2, Mike, in front of Reggie Bush. Do you agree with that in front of Reggie Bush? Yes or in front of or behind? For for this year? 
Yep. Yeah, I would take him in front of Reggie Bush right now. In front of Alfred Morris or uh, before Alfred Morris or after? Before. Before Alfred Morris, okay. And before Giovanni Bernard or after? After. Okay. I'll take Gio. All right. Talking a little Giovanni Bernard. We will talk a little bit of Giovanni Bernard here a little bit later in the program. Let's stick with the St. Uh, Louis Rams while we wait for Corey Parson though, to arrive here on the show. The fantasy executive from Sirius XM will be with us tonight. Zach Stacy will remain busy in 2014. The Rams have no plans to scale back Zach Stacy's workload in 2014, and why would they? Uh, he should be more yeah. productive because he should have more carries. GM's less Sneed said Friday at the Combine. Now, if he had finished the 2014 campaign with more total carries since he didn't move into the starting lineup until week five, it, you know, man, it's tough to see him averaging more than 21 carries he did over the final 12 games, right? I mean, that's, that was pretty, pretty yeah. amazing uh, what he did last year. So when we talk about Zach Stacy, he was drafted at 2-5, the eighth running back off the board, Mike, in the hardcore draft. That's impressive. 235 carries, seven touchdowns, and he caught the ball a little bit. 22 receptions, not bad for a big back like him. I know you watched him a lot because you're an SEC guy. What do you think about right. Zach Stacy next year? He's a beast. He's a beast, and that's why you know that's why I was taking. Uh, uh, that's why I was saying uh, Bradford becomes expendable. Uh, Zach Stacy is, you know, I mean, he can do what he wants when he wants to do it. Uh, I know it's not much of a runabout game anymore, and it will not be. Uh, but this kid, uh, he he's he's pretty special. Uh, he's special in the way uh, that he goes about business, especially in uh, goal line situations. I mean, that's what gets you. That's what makes your money. That's what makes your money in fantasy football. Because he, I mean, he's he's beast mode. He's almost. I'm I'm not gonna call him Marshawn Lynch, but he's pretty close to it. The Seahawks have released Sidney Rice. That comes as no surprise, especially with the emergence yeah. of uh, the kids, uh, you know, uh, Kearse and Baldwin. Yeah, uh, Kearse and Baldwin. The whole wide receiver yeah. group uh, did really phenomenal. It was fully expected. Rice was set to count $7.5 million against the cap in 2014. He had the knee injuries, the head injuries. He played in just 33 of 48 games, tore his ACL in late October. Might not be 100% for the start of training camp, have we seen the last of Ray uh, Sidney Rice as a fantasy relevant wide receiver? Uh, you know, I think so. I think so uh, because the only reason I say that Scott is because let's face it, all of us in the fantasy world we try to reach and reach and reach for wide receivers that are put into a good position. Uh, so, you know, Sidney Rice he, he might get picked up by a team, but uh, you know, nine times out of ten it doesn't work. So. I think we have seen the last of him. Everybody's been wanting to talk about. On, I, I agree, Mike. I don't think I don't think uh, Rice is. Uh, he, he might get picked up by a team. He does have the size. Still has the speed. He he, he kind of has. He could. I could see him finishing off his career a la a Plaxico Burris, not being a difference maker, but making a making a you know some big plays here and there well, for some teams because he does have the side. And right. if if he's matched up on an undersized cornerback, which let's face it. There's a lot of them in the uh, NFL these days. He could still get some touchdowns. And, you know, look, 
Yeah, I mean, look, when Mark Sanchez can throw five touchdowns in a game, uh, <laughs> you know, just last, you know, right, the year before last, a guy like Sidney Rice can still make an impact. It just, uh, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. Andre Ellington Conrad, won't surprise anybody next year, and I hope no. I've talked enough about Ellington uh, every year, every week on the podcast. The free Ellington Twitter campaign that we started up last year, we just uh, implored the Cardinals GM, the Cardinals coaching staff, and Bruce Arians to let this man go. Let him go. Don't be afraid of the carry uh, workload, uh, a la the Jamal Charles. That's what They said the same thing about Charles. Ellington won't be featured, but we'll see more work. This comes from Cardinals GM Stephen Kelm. He reiterated that Ellington won't be featured, but that he will see more work. Mike, I like this. At least it's something. You know, there aren't many featured backs in the NFL these days. you got Adrian Peterson. you had Chris Johnson, Jamal Charles. He doesn't have to be one of these guys. He just has to be Andre Ellington. I don't need 300 carries out of Andre Ellington. But, you know, look, how many carries did he have last year? 110, 120, yeah, 109 carries? This guy can easily take 200 carries. If that's the case, you're talking about 1,200 yards, six touchdowns, and if he's on the field twice as much, Mike, he can be a 60 or 70 catchback. The, the guy can do everything he wants to do, but that's up to Bruce Arians and that's up to the uh, offensive coordinator and that's up to every everybody in the Arizona staff. Uh, you know, w- let's face it uh, – Richard Mendenhall, I mean, he had some fun there this year. But he, if he puts the ball on the ground, then in comes, uh, you know, I, I, it's it's crazy because both of them fumble, fumble. They both fumble, and it's it's a it's a it's a weird situation. And they still have Stephan Taylor there. I think he can be involved. He will be a, a good running back in this league. I think he will have a chance to contribute. Mendenhall still there, obviously, in the fold as well. They're talking about E.J. Manuel in Buffalo, Mike. It's kind of crunch time for E.J. Doug Marone spoke to the importance of keeping him healthy and prepared throughout the season. I'm just going to ask you point blank, Mike. Do you see E.J. Manuel as a starting quarterback in this league? You know, the Bills threw a, like three or four quarterbacks at us this year, I think four, and all of them looked okay that they could get something done, but none of them looked like starting caliber quarterbacks, and we didn't see enough of E.J. Manuel. We started to see some chemistry there with Manuel and Woods, and that was kind of exciting to start the year, but we didn't see much else out of that because of the injury. So what do you think? E.J. Manuel, I'm going to put you on the spot. Is he a starting quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely. Not just a starter, but a star starter. <clears throat> I'm telling you, E.J. Manuel, if he's, if he's put in the right position with the right team, with the right line in front of him, he has ton of ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, C.J. Spiller was hurt. I mean, there's a lot of things that didn't go right there, but uh, the guy can throw a ball on a dime. Talk about different dimes. I mean, that's for Clint Dilford doing all that stuff. But uh, E.J. Manuel has what it takes to be an NFL star quarterback. Well, I don't know if E.J. Manuel has what it takes, but I do know this. Our guest for this evening, he has what it takes. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive from Sirius XM fame, joins us tonight on Red vs. Blue. Mr. Parson, how's it going this evening? Oh, what's going on, fellas? How's everybody doing out here? 
right now, you have to excuse me a little bit. I'm out in the city in Washington, D.C. You know, Friday night, you know, fellas night out. It's time to have a little good time. Let me tell you guys about, I saw a dude at the bar tonight hit the jackpot. And when I say the jackpot, let me explain it for you right quick before we get yep, to the yep. football talk. Sitting down with a nice young lady, probably on a date or whatever, and, you know, she got up to go away to walk to the restroom. She was pretty well put together. I was like, wow, he's doing all right for herself. Then when the bill came, she took out her card and paid the bill. Oh. The lights went down, sirens went off, and I was like, somebody hit the jackpot in here tonight, fellas. <laughs> Don't you just love that? That's that's uh, that Good is job, that Corey. is the the day and times that we live in right now, man. You know, it's uh, that guy's probably feeling like this. I am the smartest man alive. Yes, he's got to be feeling real good right now. We saw a gentleman hit the jackpot in today's society. That's pretty good. Like you said, the America we live in now. So that's good for him. Hopefully, he's a fantasy football player. But. What's going on? What we got, fellas? You know, the first time I was on hold, and I hate to hog it like this, but the first time I was on hold, I heard you guys talking about um, Arian Foster and his prospects for this season. Man, I really yep. can't see you taking some of those running backs over Foster that you said you would take. Don't get me wrong, Foster is the offense in Houston, but the quarterback situation stinks. You don't know what's going to be going on with the new coaching staff, even though the coaching treat does say that Ray Rice, I mean, Foster will continue to carry the ball. But you know what? When you have back problems, when you have lower leg problems, it seems like Arian Foster, the NFL fans for not long, might be a running back on the second half of his career. It's a very small window. Enjoyed him while we had him. But I don't know if you really want Arian Foster as an RB1. Definitely not taking over Reggie Bush next season, not in no PPR league. That's a good yeah. point, Corey. Uh that, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't think about his uh, uh, back and uh, lower leg problems. Uh, you know, Aaron Foster. I mean, he's been he's been a great player, but I, I really didn't think about that. Yep. So, and Corey, that's where I stand on that. What's going on, Scott? Yeah, Corey. If you missed the first part of the show, uh, I just want to recap for everybody. Corey Parson from SiriusXM joins us right now. Uh, everybody at home, uh, we're playing America's favorite new game show, the funnest, newest game show. The funnest, newest uh, drinking game in America is going on right now, the secret word. And we announced the secret word earlier in the night. We had Mike sit the phone down. I, I gave America the secret word, and every time Mike says the secret word, America has to take a drink. And the, the chat room is, is, is experiencing what Mike always experiences every Friday night, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the stupor that comes from uh, – you know, uh, having those uh, Pabst Blue Ribbons uh, down in one after another. What, what, is, what is the flavor of the evening, Mike? I, you know, the buzzer meter hasn't went off yet tonight. No, it's not going to, uh, but uh, it's Miller Lite. But I, I, oh, I can't. Uh, what, well, what's the word? I, I, I feel I, like that, I'm that's on. Not, <laughs> your part in the show what is, is the not word? to know the word. You, you, your part of the okay, show, you're right. playing with America. You're playing alongside America. If you knew the word, it would kind of – defeat the purpose of the of the show and so uh, uh, let's get back to Corey. Corey Corey this this game might get more popular than red versus blue in itself you know I mean that, that's that's absolutely possible uh Corey Parsons our guest tonight yeah this is this is the red versus blue show this is a variety show in of itself tell America what's going on with Corey Parson these days Sirius XM the roto experts in the morning all that good stuff that you guys got going on man it's a whole lot of fun listening to you in the morning well, you know, right now we do it every, every weekday morning 
6 to 11 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Right now we're in full baseball mode, getting owners ready to draft their fantasy baseball teams and hopefully yeah. cash out at the end of that. But, of course, you know, fantasy football, season just freshly over, but we're still talking fantasy football. All that good information entertainment is right around the corner. So that's what we got going on now. And, of course, you know, also proud to announce that right now, remember, the Scout Pro team helping them, you know, with their fantasy tools over there and stuff like that. So look out for that fantasy baseball package headed up by my guy, Sean Child, coming out, I'm not mistaken, March, well, not March, February 24th. So got a lot of things going on right now. Excited about it, of course, doing it for the fantasy sports heads out there, just trying to make some good things happen. So that's what we got going on. Let's go, fellas. Let's talk some football. Hey, hey, Corey, real quick, uh, I got a draft tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock, 14-teamer baseball. Okay. 14-teamer baseball. What pick you got? I, I give you one. one ba- I give you one baseball, and then I and and, and then we get into football. You got the third pick. I got I got the, the first pick, pick, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the fish. I got to take Trout. Nah, Mike Trout is definitely the the best thing going in fantasy baseball. Not to go for the spill right now. Anytime you get a young outfielder like that, hit power, run the bases well, speed, average, five the whole nine, five two player, one of the toolsiest player yep. in the league. Mike Trout, without a shadow of a doubt, is the best player to take. Have you got the number one pick what's in the, baseball? So, what, so what's going to happen real quick, Corey, uh, before we move on to football again, uh, what's going to happen to me uh, when it comes about my, what, 27, 37 when you pick? Come, when, when, when you come back on the turn, you know, I don't know how you like to fill your roster out, but when you got a 5-2 player like Trout at the top, it's very easy to go any which way. But you know what? i tell you what I would do when you come around on the snake. I would make one of those plays, the pitcher, even if you're going to use, reach for a guy like you, Darvish, maybe even Adam Wainwright, part of that fabulous St. Louis Cardinals pitcher staff. Pair that up with a hitter, I think you'd be pretty good to go. guy like Jose Bautista, you got to take a risk, you know, with a guy that maybe have an injury history or something like that. But right. the power right. down in baseball is good to get a good start with Trout, but add a little bit more power on that turn and also add you one of those stud pitches, I think you'd be on your way. Awesome. What you do to us? That sounds like my neighborhood. <laughs> Corey, what they do to us? <laughs> what you say? That sounds, that sounds right, like your doing, neighborhood. That, that sounds like my neighborhood. Are y'all in the trap? <laughs> we're done. We're done talking baseball, Scott. We're, thanks, Corey. Thank you. Yeah, I was gonna have to stop you. Uh, Corey Parsons, our guest from SiriusXM. Corey, everybody's talking about the combine here in Indianapolis. Everything's getting going today. Tomorrow, we get a little bit of action. Sunday, the, the skill position players uh, actually get out there and do their time. What do you think of the combine in general, and what are you looking for, if, if anything, out of this combine? Really, I think, really, I mean, when you come in here, really, really, this is, is a big show, show itself some of the top prospects in the country. Not too really much you can get from fantasy purposes by, by watching or viewing the combine. I like to hear Mike Mayock's analysis on certain plays and stuff like that, but you want to look for those guys at the back end. You know, other drafts, maybe the day two guys, somebody that could be a breakout star in fantasy. You know, we like to look for fantasy football. We want running backs that can protect the pass, the good footwork, also running backs with good hands to catch football, to catch the football out the backfield. Quarterback, you want a guy that can make all the throws and a guy that could get in a situation where he has a chance to play right off the back. As far as the wide receivers, they tend to take longer to develop, but this is an awesome class for wide receivers coming up. Mm. So you definitely want to see yeah, a guy like Sammy Watkins, what he can do. Watkins projects to be a wide receiver two slash three fantasy football purposes, no matter where he goes, depending on the system, that type of talent he is. Normally what you do see from players out of the University of Clemson 
are solid NFL players. So Watkins brings a lot of excitement to fantasy owners, but it'll be good to see who else, uh, you know, some on, some of the under under the radar guys going, you know, making their I don't want to say debut, but you know, making their debut to us fantasy footballers at the combine. If you don't play if you don't play college daily college football, or if you don't watch college football like us folks that are playing in the Northeast, not really into it. So, you know, it's a good chance to tap in and see what you got outside of the guys like Sammy Watkins. But you bring up Sammy Watkins, and it's a good point. We did talk about him on the show last week because, look, we've uh, people are having dynasty picks, and they're trying to evaluate yep. whether they should move up to that 1-1 pick. And they're talking about the agent came out this week and said that Sammy Watkins would be vying for the combine record in the 40-yard dash, which stands at 424. Uh, even something in the four threes would propel his draft stock immensely, even from what it already is. If he pulls off a four point three, a four three forty in the combine, is he the unanimous number one pick in dynasty circles? Because that would just uh, that would seem to seal the deal for him. Yeah, you know what? In, in, a, in, a, in a redraft, in a brand new dynasty, I don't know. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I've always wanted to play in a dynasty league, get a startup dynasty. Never had a chance to do it. So I'm looking forward to do it this year. But I got a guess in a dynasty where you're only drafting rookies, unless somebody really flaws them at the combine and depending on the composition of your team, how could you not go with Sammy Watkins? That kind of speed, yards after the catch. He gets down with the right team. They're looking at a stud wide receiver one for years to come. You know, it's funny, yeah. uh, Corey, you, you just nailed it, uh, getting with the right team. I mean, that that means so much with some of these uh, young wide receivers and uh Running backs, especially wide receivers, getting with the right team and the right system. The right system. The system is key. Like, so every, when you look at last year, everybody was on, oh, DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins. And the Texans yeah. never had a number two wide receiver like this. Well, the system that, that, that Gary Kubiak runs, it, it dictates to a wide receiver one in the tight end of the team. So I stayed away from Hopkins because the system didn't dictate to a wide receiver two. We've seen many wide receiver twos line up across Andre Johnson, Kevin Walter, amongst others, as opposed to be the guy that's going to get these catches. They throw the ball to the tight end. They throw the ball to the wide receiver one. So knowing the system that the coach puts in place and how they use their talent is very key in drafting your fantasy football team. Yep, absolutely. Corey Parson dropping some knowledge on us. Well, let's talk about it. We've got, uh, we've got uh, moving on from that. Since, you, since you're not in Dynasty, we'll save that for the segment after this one, Corey. But we have uh, whatever you want to guys want to do. Yeah, no, that's fine. Look, we had a couple of rookies come in the league last year. Le'Veon Bell, Zach Stacy, Giovanni Bernard. Love. Love. All three of those running backs look like they've saved the running back position in terms of fantasy relevance because for a while there we were like, oh no, running backs aren't relevant anymore in the draft. Uh, so talk about, and, and then we could even throw in Eddie Lacy. So those four rookie running backs, rank those for me with how you would draft them. We've got Lacey, Stacy, Bell, and Geo. Ah, basically, the way I would run the situation right here is first guy I'm taking off the board out of those four is Eddie Lacey. You're talking about a three-down running back, ability to catch pass plays in a high-powered offense. So not only are you catching passes and getting three downs of touches, you also got the ability to finish off drives in the Green Bay Packers offense. You know how Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers gets the ball up and down the field. Guy like Lacey, perfect. Hard-nosed runner, durability doesn't seem to be a concern right now. Excellent near the goal line. He's the first guy I'm taking off the board out of out of that bunch. Next, go right to Pittsburgh and take Le'Veon Bell. Guy that came into the league, durability concerns, but after he got past the foot issues last season, found to be very strong. 
Pittsburgh Steelers offense automatically took off as soon as Bell, a healthy Bell got in that lineup, just like Lacey, three-down running back, catch passes, excellent at the goal line, and right now durability does not seem to be a concern. You've seen the big hit he took in the Ravens game, banging his head on the back of the turf. That guy played the next week. Now when we get to the other two guys, Zach Stacey and Gio Bernard, but Gio Bernard, you want to learn a little bit more about the system, what's going to be going on in Cincinnati, what's going to be the situation with um, what's that stiff that they got? They keep giving the ball to. I can't think of his name or not in the season right now. That's stiff. Um, the law firm. Yeah, the law firm. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. You know, it, it could be a situation where he can continue to get a lot of carries and get the goal line work. But Bernard is so electric, so exciting. I think I'll rank Bernard throughout that list. Zach Stacy, listen. I think Stacy was the best guy in that backfield going into last season. Got him in a couple drafts. Didn't really hold on to him, let him go. Put him on the waiver wire guys to pick him up. Got the best of him. But that offensive line is going to continue to improve. You know Jeff Fisher wants to focus that, that focus focus on running yep. the football. Yep. Stacy has been very solid in that role. All very solid backs that you're going to have to get before the third round. Nice. Man. That's Corey Parsons breaking down the running back for you know, wow. yeah, and Corey, you uh, you played in the Roto Bowl last year. All of us uh, talk about the Roto Bowl here on Red versus Blue. I love it. And yep. you guys, you guys talk about the Roto Bowl on uh, in the morning show. You took Jamal Charles at four. That really propelled your uh, set your team off in motion. When you could have taken an Arian Foster, a C.J. Spiller, or a Ray Rice, or a Trent Richardson there, and you took Jamal Charles. I, I you know, that that moved uh, you in the right direction. Chris Johnson as your two nine didn't really. Uh, help you too much, but he was steady. He was still a top was 10 steady, running back. Steady, steady, That's one that's yeah. the thing I love the most about Chris Johnson. People talk about him, oh, Chris Johnson is not consistent. Chris Johnson is not this. Chris Johnson is not that. You could put him in your lineup each and every single week. And you know what? When you look at the numbers at the end, he doesn't kill you. I, can, I, yeah. I love drafting, drafting Chris Johnson. Now, situation this year could be different. Looks like he's not going to be back yeah. in Tennessee, wherever he ends up at. Yeah. Once again, the system, the system will dictate the usage. So, I'm gonna go ahead and watch how that how that plays out. Well, but I, I, I like that Johnson pick actually. Yeah, the one thing the one the one thing about Chris Johnson last year and the year before was uh, you never know. I mean, he he might not have much of a game one game. I mean, he might go ten for twenty nine, but he might go ten for one hundred and fifty nine. The guy and is two, explosive and can and be. Two, and two touches, and Scott, I know you're going through that team, um, but you know the key to that team that, that hit that dominator in the Roto Bowl was heavily targeted wide receivers, heavily mm-hmm. targeted wide receivers. And when I got yeah. that draft, I was looking for wide receivers that rack up targets, wide receivers that were in systems that were going to get opportunities. And if I'm not mistaken, that team had Pierre Garçon, Antonio Brown, and Andre Johnson. Numbers mm-hmm. one, two, and three in catches in the NFL. And you picked up Keenan Allen off the waiver wire. He, he you, did. Uh, yeah, listen, that is the fantasy rookie of the year. He made yeah. that team. Hell yeah. He made that team, Keenan Allen. Hey, I'll yeah, tell he you really what, Corey, I was that. able to, yeah, I was able to uh, win a uh, win a Roto Bowl myself, uh, basically because of Keenan Allen. I mean, Excellent. once I saw uh, what's his hand went down, I, I was like, I was all over Keenan Allen, and uh, that was that was a great pickup. No, you got to get these guys a week early, like you said. I saw the injury, went out to the wire, put it, you know a couple. My, I think I might have paid. I might. I think I might. I think if I'm not mistaken, and on that league and that team, I think I might have paid 101 for Keenan Allen. I wanted him. 
when you come in fab, you want a guy, go get him. You know what I'm saying? Especially yep. wide receiver like that that's going to get targets. The way Mike McCoy uses him has been excellent. Look, the, the resurgence of Phil Rivers. So definitely was happy with the effort that Keenan Allen gave the fantasy owners this season. Do you think, Corey, that uh, moving forward in 2014 that uh, we're starting to handcuff wide receivers more than running backs? You know what? That's the thing that I was looking at last year when it came to situations like drafting Hakeem Nick. Do you make sure that you drop down the board and make sure you get um, Jernigan or what was the, what was the other guy they had? I'm saying I'm not Randall. in football mode right now. Yeah, uh, Ruben Randall, Randall on your team. Yeah, you know what? It's a situation for an injury prone wide receiver like a guy like Nick, I could definitely see owners doing that. If you're a Miles Austin owner, you might want to pick up Terrence Williams in in, in the past. Miles Austin's a stiff now, and he won't be in Dallas next mm-hmm. year. So. And tell when you're gonna get drafted for Miles Austin anyway. But situations like that arise, you know. I think it. I think it is smart for one of your later round picks to get that wide receiver that could end up picking up those targets down the road. And I want to get Corey Parsons' final take here before Corey has to uh, bail out. And I appreciate you joining us tonight. I know you're out and about in the city tonight. Uh, Corey Parsons from SiriusXM played in the Roto Bowl last season and was the dominator and won the league. So. Tell the people at home that are thinking about playing Roto Bowl this year, uh, the mid-stakes game with high-stakes prizes, tell, tell everybody what is the trick, uh, what, is, what, is a, what is a tip or two before they jump into the Roto Bowl? What's different from this from their home leagues that they always dominate? Oh, well, I tell you what, this is nothing like your home league. What you got to do right here, like I said, in, in my opinion, in these big-time PPR leagues, you got to get these heavily targeted wide receivers you got to work that way wire well. When that gym comes off, you want to be the guy to be a week or two early. I was a week or two early on Keenan Allen. I was a week or two early on Jordan Reed. I knew Fred Davis was a bum. So, you know, you got to really you got to really know the player pool. you got to really know these systems. you got to draft good, and you got to work the waiver wire good. You can say that about any, any league. But with the Roto Bowl, that extra flex really is the equalizer. A lot of times in a lot of leagues, you're leaving a guy on the bench that could be in your lineup. Roto Bowl, you don't have that problem. That's why I think it's the best mid-stakes, high-stakes, whatever you want to call the game out there. I really enjoyed myself and looking forward to playing in the FFWC and all the rest of the games over there that, that the guys at Toolbox and Fantasy Football World Championship run. That's my man, yeah, Corey Parsons. Mike, any, any final get, questions? I got to get me in the start. I got to get in the start. Yeah, you do. You do. You I got you. Gotta I need get that. In I need that in my life. Game, man. Yeah. This, these startups are going to start in May, and they're going to go all throughout. We've already planned it out. They're going to go off in May, June, and July. We're going to have three months of dynasty startup drafting, and it's going to be, it's going to be intense, dude. Uh, those are the most fun drafts that I've ever taken part in are the dynasty startups. You're building Love your team it. from Looking scratch. You're taking everything you just learned. You might take the Keenan Allen or the Corderell Patterson, and that's what we're going to do right after we get you uh, off the air, my man. So uh, thank you for joining us. You're always welcome back on Red versus Blue, and uh, thanks for playing in the FFWC. One, thank you. One thing, Corey, uh, thanks, thanks a lot for uh, bringing up the yep. point about the dual flex, man, because yeah, that correct. does make a difference. Right quick, fellas, on Cordero Patterson. I understand Norv is going to be the, the, the coordinator out there next, next season. Cordero Patterson, not a wide receiver, doesn't run good routes. The quarterback situation in Minnesota – it's still going to be shaky. I mean, you got nerve out there. I think you give Patterson a bump. I've been seeing Patterson in some of the early drafts I've done. In non-dynasty leagues and redraft leagues, going as high as 3-5, three, 3-6, three, that's not a place you want to draft Patterson, in my you opinion. Want, you want, you want, let's go ahead and settle it right here on the air for Corey Parsons. We're going to put him to the test. Uh, Keenan Allen or Corderell Patterson in dynasty, which one would you rather build around? 
for the rest of uh, your dynasty life. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, all day, Keenan, twice Keenan. on Sunday. Yep. Now you heard it here yep. first. Corey Parsons, SiriusXM, the fantasy executive on Twitter. Thanks, Corey. Thank you, sir. It's good, good luck, fellas. All right, Corey Parson joins us. Man, that was awesome. Corey always breaks it down, Bam. has his own style, has his own flavor. I hear he's also doing a few big things at Scout Pro now, too, so we'll probably be seeing his content at Scout Pro and maybe on some FF Toolbox uh, podcasts and hangouts as well. So it would be really cool to get Corey, Corey involved. Uh, the chat room's asking, Vereen or Ellington? Vereen or Ellington this year, Mike? Which one you like? Vereen or Ellington? Ooh, uh, I will. I, I'm going to go with Vereen. Uh, Vereen. Shane Vereen. Yep. Yeah, I got. I got. I got to do Vereen there as well. Uh, Dynasty trades. We're going to get your take on T. Y. Hilton for the one-four rookie pick is one that came into the show this week. T. Y. Hilton or the one-four rookie pick. Now, the one-four rookie pick could be a little bit of anything. Let's let's first of all get everybody schooled up to well, speed with what the one-four rookie pick could be, Mike. If, if it's going to be Evans, then I'm going to – but you, but you don't know. I mean, if Evans – I love Evans. I really do. Yeah. Uh, everybody you know, everybody that, at home, Mike Evans is 6'5", 218, a Texas A&M wide receiver that played with Johnny Manziel, Mr. Football, Mr. Johnny, a.k.a. Johnny Football. Mike Evans could be a star in this league. Mike, he projects as a first-round wide receiver. And he could be as high as the second overall pick in Dynasty. Some people have even had him higher than Sammy Watkins. Well, it's like uh, it's like Corey just talked about uh, on the show. It, it depends on the system. It depends on where he's drafted, who he's drafted to. You know, that's going to make a big difference. But uh, you know, I think Evans. Uh, if I'm going to, if I had T.Y. Hilton, or uh, if I had the four pick. And if somebody offered me T.Y. Hilton, uh, boy, I'm going to have to wait and watch. Wait and watch. Lots of good uh, picks out there at the top of this draft. It looks like it's a wide receiver heavy year with Sammy Watkins. Jordan Matthews is a name you need to watch. Uh, You have this kid. um, Kadeem Carey is the running back that I'm really high on. I'm, I'm watching him. And at the Combine this weekend, look out for Carlos Hyde, the running back out of Ohio State, Mike. He could be the favorite to be the top running back off the board. Had a breakout year last year, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, uh, just an impressive whomping 7.3 yard per carry average. The the scouts love his frame, 6'235 pounds. You're talking about another Zach Stacy with speed. And if he can can nail the 40-yard dash and the three-cone drill and then the, the shuttle, if he can nail those, Mike, he could be more than a power back, like a first and second down. Sure. He could be a ever he could be a three down back in the league. So we have to watch Carlos Hyde at the combine and be be extra keep an eye on what he's doing because that could be a, a big difference maker in dynasty rookie draft. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Scott. I mean, there, there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen, uh, but. Uh, you know, as far as the combine goes, uh, like I said, there's going to be uh, communication and uh, just what they do. How they perform is, I think it's insignificant. I think it's how they perform in personal. I've also seen this wide receiver, Allen Robinson, the wide receiver for Penn State that just declared that he's going to be entering the NFL draft. He's 6'3", runs a 4'5", 40, put up some big numbers mm. at Penn State, Mike. 
There's some people that like him as the top wide receiver. It's a very loaded wide receiver class. You got Kelvin Benjamin, the Florida State wide receiver. He's six foot five. Uh, Odell Beckman, you know, he, uh, Beckham, he's another wide receiver from LSU people are really high on. And then there's those running backs. I, I would be hard-pressed to give up one of those early draft picks for T.Y. Hilton, Mike. But, Mike, T.Y. Hilton's a special wide receiver. We saw what he did in the playoffs. Well, It'd be hard to turn well, down T.Y. Hilton for a project rookie pick. Yeah, no doubt about it, Scott, especially with the way uh, him and uh, Andrew Luck have been able to uh, communicate. I mean, it's 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 hard to find uh, a quarterback and a wide receiver that can co- communicate so well. And I'm seeing that with uh, T.Y. Hilton and uh, Andrew Luck. They're starting to communicate, and oh, they uh, are. they're starting to – Chemistry. I mean, it's clicking. Chemistry. Uh, chemistry, Mike. Yep. The other thing I wanted to uh, run out before the end of this show. Oh, there was a, there was another trade offer. Oh, the, yeah, there's another trade offer we got to talk about. One two and two one for Corderell Patterson. Two early draft picks. The second pick and the thirteenth pick. You have two picks there for Corderell Patterson. Which one do you like there? I'll take the picks. You'll take the picks over Corderell. Man, picks. that is tough. Yeah, heck yeah. That is tough. Uh, the other one also involves Corderell Patterson. This one came in earlier in the week. Corderell Patterson, this is a, flash, a fantasy flashback. This is a trade that took place last year. Corderell Patterson for Jordan Cameron, Michael. Ooh. Oh, man. Now, I would, I would think about taking cat, uh, Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Even in just a Jordan. straight PPR, just a one PPR league, you would take uh, Jordan Cameron? Yeah, because the only reason is, well, gosh, both mm. both offenses are Patterson so. Patterson uh, looked awfully special to me. Patterson looked very, very special to me I in know, the late I latter know, part of that I season. Know. That, that, that's right, let me, let, because, let, go ahead. Let me give you this deep one. This is a deep dynasty trade right here. Oh, Kirk Kikis is in the chat. Big time Altadena assassin right there. Uh, Jernigan. Jarrell Jernigan, the New York Giant wide receiver that kind of took over the league there in the latter part of the season, the week 15, week 16, week 17, monstrous, monster couple of weeks there for Eli. Jernigan and 2-9 for Quentin Patton. Interesting about Quentin Patton getting a little bit of dynasty hmm. love right now. What do you think about that pick? Well, I, I'm, I'm hoping Quentin Patton gets a lot of love because I, I took him in a lot of leagues and uh, – uh, but, wow, it feels good about Quentin Patton. So, uh, I, I like Quentin Patton. I, I'd, I'd stand pat. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. I, I wouldn't move you that know, trade. The 49ers still view Quentin Patton as a potential future starter, according to uh, Matt Maloko, I think is his name. I'm reading it right here. The fourth rounder finished his rookie campaign with just three catches and six appearances. Uh, and he's he's trying to work his way up to the he, he did work his way up to the number three spot on the depth chart by the end of the year, but he'll have to likely wait at least one more year before he gets a crack at a starting job. You got Crabtree and Bolden in front of him. I think he's a whole, but I'm just well, not so sure what I really have in Quentin Patton. Well, yeah, uh, you you just said it right there, Scott. Crabtree and Bolden. You got off injury. Wide receiver, and you got a wide receiver that's going to be out of the league in uh, a year, year or two. So there you go. Yeah. 
And he's also got uh, Colin Krapernick uh, at the helm, too. You want to talk about hand size, nine and one-eighth inch right there, buddy. Nine and one-eighth inch for Colin Krapernick. Uh, Okay, last but not least on the show today, Mike, uh, Matthew Berry released his top 200 for 2013, and that has got a slight bone to pick with it. I mean, look, he's got three quarterbacks in his top 11 picks. I, I mean, I, I, I met uh, Matthew Berry. I've met him several, uh, several times. He was out in Vegas at the Fantasy Sports Trade Association as well. And, you know, I, I consider ourselves peers. You know, we're, we're kind of on the same level. You know, we're, we're kind of peers in the industry. You know, we all kind of uh, do our thing. We uh, make our living in fantasy. And uh, I just have a real bone to pick with a guy who puts out his top 200. Now, he has a huge audience. I mean, you know, you get on ESPN, and I love the book. He, he sent me a book. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I've got it right here. He signed it for me and everything. But three quarterbacks in the top 11 picks, what kind of fantasy world is he living in? What kind of league drafts three quarterbacks in the top Even the NFFC that has six points per quarterback touchdown, you don't draft three quarterbacks in the first 11 picks. Mike, what's going on with Matthew Berry? I, I have no idea. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't do it. I, I don't even think about a quarterback till about round seven. <laughs> yeah. He has Reggie Wayne as an early fifth-round pick. I mean, Reggie's 35 years old after a torn ACL. He's got guys like Crabtree, Cruz, and Torrey Smith after Reggie Wayne. That doesn't make sense to me. Giovanni Bernard as the number 34th overall in his rankings. I mean, we, we just saw in the hardcore draft. I've got it right here in the hardcore league, and, and, and Mike uh, Kurt, Kurt's in this league. Uh, Geo went in the second round, the 11th running back off the board. So, you know, Matt, look, Matt, you're, you're welcome to play yeah. in the Roto Bowl. You can play in the World Championship. Uh, I think that these guys that are on TV, they, what if they, you know, they need to cash a check or two. They really need to, yeah. they need to, they need to bump their street cred up a little bit. Because on the street, they don't really have the cred. On television, they do a good job. I like to turn it on. I like to listen to what they have to say. But, on the streets, you know, the real streets here in the FFWC, well, they they got to bump their street cred up a little bit. Well, Scott, you know, exactly. just in the show, there, there's, uh, you know, don't get frustrated with them. Uh, you know, everybody has their own opinions, and they do it for a reason. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, they, they may not, you know, like our opinions and what we say, but the bottom line is I, I feel like uh, we, put a, we put a good uh, product there. Mike Trent's going to be drafting the FBPC in the morning. Uh, good wait. luck with that snoozer of a Can't draft. Wait. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be checking out the combine. We're going to be uh, watching things. I'm playing a lot of daily NBA. I want you guys to play against me. There's a little link in this, in this show page right here. Click the link. Put your two bucks in the account. Throw five bucks in. I think your five is the minimum. And play me on the $2 games. We can play heads up. We can play $5 uh, heads up, $10. You name the stakes, I'll play you every night. Sign up on that link and challenge me, and we'll talk about our matchups on Red versus Blue. NBA Daily is blowing up. Awesome. I've got a half a dozen teams or a couple dozen teams tonight with a, with a lot of money being given away tonight. But uh, $2, man. You can play for 2 bucks and play heads up against me uh, on, on nights and, and really enjoy the NBA. Mike, I'm waiting for you get in here and play some daily NBA as well. I know you work evenings, but uh, I'll yeah. give you a pass for now. Uh, other than that, Mike, <laughs> hey, uh, the Dynasty World Good luck, cars. Good luck, cars tomorrow, man. Big game against oh. Lou or big game against Cincinnati. You're right. 
You're right. you got to fear the beard with these Cardinals. This is reminiscent of last year, Mikey, where the Cardinals went on their tear. Thanks, everybody, in the chat room. We'll see you next Friday. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.